Well, thank you very much. And um, yes, thank you, Jane, for not kind of building it up too much. This is a, a big stage, a big screen, uh, and I didn't want to set your expectations too high. Although this evening, as Jane and Neil have uh, sort of quite rightly said, it is a little bit of a journey. It's a little bit of an adventure. Um, am I here to give you all the answers? I think categorically no. And the main reason for that is most of the answers actually already lie within you. And I'll explain why that is as we actually go through the evening. Um, so there is an upside, and that is one of the upsides. The downsides, have you probably already worked out, is that this is a big, noisy, chaotic, actually sometimes quite difficult space to play in. But hopefully we'll kind of bust some of those myths, maybe cut through some of the chaos, and give you a few little pointers and some things to think about so that you can actually get a grasp. And hopefully do this, awaken the potential in your business. If you're a business person, entrepreneur, maybe you're starting up, maybe you've been in business forever and you think, what is this social media thing? How do I bridge the gap between being on Facebook personally and actually doing something for my business that's going to add some value? Well, there are ways of doing this and there's an upside and there are challenges and we'll explore some of those things as we go through this evening. First things first though, if you watch a lot of the social media and digital marketing commentators right now, they'll be saying this phrase, the world is binary. Okay, and so what do they mean by that? Well, basically what they mean is this thing, digital, is either off or on. Okay, it's ones and zeros, literally. But it's either off or on for you. Just because you have social media accounts does not mean you are doing social media. Okay, so I've got to spell this out to start so that you get the right context of where we can go with this. So just because you have accounts does not mean you're doing social media. Just because you send out the odd email doesn't mean you're doing digital marketing. There are a lot more subtle, fundamental concepts and things that you need to do to be able to consciously say, actually, do you know, I'm actually making some inroads in this game. And there is a big warning before we start. And the big, big warning is, this is not about you. And if you've already started on this journey of, I'm so proud of my products, I've got this lovely service that I offer, everybody must be interested in it. The really tough thing to take, the really bitter pill to swallow, is the fact that actually, if we're being honest, nobody cares. They don't care about me. I'm not just saying this about you, I'm saying this about me. Nobody really cares. And one of the things that we'll see is pretty much the mantra, the theme as we go through this evening, is that actually what people really care about, I hate to say this, but it's true, is themselves. So one of the biggest challenges that we have in this binary world of either being playing the game or not playing the game, actually having to take out what we want to get out of this, out of the mix, one of the key things that we need to be achieving here is to be relevant and current and look informed and of interest and engaging to the people that we're trying to communicate with. And if you can tick all of those boxes, you're starting to make some gains in this world. This stuff is not easy, okay? I mean, I've been playing in this whole marketing world for over 30 years now, so I, I've kind of seen this digital thing grow up from its infancy. I mean, I started my first website back in 1994 when I can see around the room, some of you were actually not even born. Does that make me feel old? Yes, it does. Um, but basically what it means is that I've actually sort of seen some of these, these things kind of come and go. I've seen things work and I've seen things fail. And so there are a lot of people out there trying to cut through and actually understand how to make this thing work. Am I an expert? No. Am I a specialist in this? Probably. Am I an expert? I would say most definitely no. I don't think there is such a thing. And that, for me, is one of the fundamentally interesting and actually really quite fascinating things about this subject. There is no such thing as an expert. What there is, is somebody like you who can do what you do better than anybody else. And we'll come on to why that is also important as we go through this evening. So what is this thing about? Well, here's a little screen grab. I thought, you know, I, I've got to kind of sum up kind of, you know, what I've been doing in this space. And I thought, well, kind of what, what are the, some of the things that, that I do in, in this space? And actually what I do is make a lot of noise. I haven't got a big voice, but I make a lot of noise. 
I spend a lot of time not actually doing things like this, not actually necessarily running workshops, not actually doing consulting in this subject. I spend a lot of time making noise, actually coming up with things to say, doing podcasts, chucking out the odd video, writing a lot of blogs. And do I cut through all that noise? Partially, sometimes. Sometimes things really, really work. Sometimes things really hit the mark. And often in this space, you get successes, maybe little successes, sometimes big successes, and words like viral spring to mind. We're not going to go there. It's a really, really interesting concept, but we won't play on that one tonight. But what is actually happening as you do this stuff? Well, if you start to play in this game, you start to stand a chance of being successful in business. So who are we? Jane and Neil have sort of said, Neil and Sonia, there's another Neil, there's lots of Neils in the room. Um, this is who we are. So we are a, yet again, a husband and wife collaboration. So we're in partnership. This is Sonia down here. You probably recognize her from the, uh, the little leaflets that, on the posters that you may have seen around. Um, and we are a little combination. We're evolving this combination using social media and digital. Um, and we're calling ourselves near. Um, the alternative, if you do the maths, wasn't really very attractive. Neil and Sonia, near, Sonia and Neil, soil. Didn't really quite resonate. I didn't think that was going to sort of go anywhere digitally. So we kind of settled on, on uh, near. Um, and as Jane quite correctly said, you know, this whole concept about being mindful, ethical, sustainable, and, you know, really kind of sort of thoughtful about the way that we communicate and the way that we do business is really at the heart of what we do. So we thought, well, we'll chuck that on the front end as well. Now, the reason for the um, QR code there is that if, as we go through this, this talk and um, sort of the rest of the evening, you'll see little QR codes popping up on some of these slides. Um, these are an opportunity for you to get a little bit more information about anything that you see. It's a very simple process. If you haven't come across QR codes before and you have uh, an iPhone, all you need to do is just point your camera to the, uh, to the slide. It will pick up that little QR code and it will then send you to the website or the social network that relates to that particular slide. Um, I've tried this a few uh, places and occasionally you see people at the back just sort of popping the phone up and you think, ah, that little bit resonated. So it's quite a nice little thing in terms of giving me feedback, but also hopefully it helps you to then sort of drill down and get a little bit more detail over some of the things uh, that you'll see. Um, I should say a little bit more as well about Sonia, um, because her sort of case studies and examples will come through as, as we go through um, sort of this evening. Um, certainly this is my game. This is the, the thing that I've been doing, as I say, for over 30 years now. Um, Sonia's been quite new to this, and I think um, certainly coming from a background of people development, spending some a decade really in um, uh, AstraZeneca, for example, uh, in people and sort of talent development, has spent a lot of time looking at how people communicate, how people interact, how people build relationships, and we're bringing that side of things into my, I guess, more sort of theoretical, if you like, um, and sort of practicalities of, of digital marketing and social media. So we'll talk a little bit about the workshops and how we're going to sort of extend this evening into those workshops at the end of the evening, but that kind of hopefully gives you a little bit about the context of really where we're coming from. And how did we arrive here? So we're based in Bristol. We spend a lot of time down in South Hams and uh, in the Southwest because, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, but we're based in Bristol. Um, we spend a lot of time, obviously, uh, delivering these kinds of things in and around the Southwest. Um, but how did um, Jane and Neil actually find us? Well, this is in itself a really neat little case study because two slides ago, I said, I just publish a lot of stuff. I make a lot of noise. I do podcasts that you can pick up on iTunes. I do a lot of blogs. And it just so happened that that was exactly how Jane found me. So she was looking, did a Google search, looking for some um, people who she could uh, get a partnership with to kind of start this whole ethical digital series. Um, happened to spot me because of search engine optimization. I just happened to figure on the page that she was searching. And she listened to a couple of the podcasts and thought, you know, this kind of resonates. So for me, 
there is a piece of advocacy as to why this is so important. If I had just been doing what I do, focusing on my products and services and making hopefully a good job of those, but not actually thinking about how am I going to be communicating using these digital channels, I would not be standing here now and you possibly, probably wouldn't be sitting here listening to me. So it's about fueling and awakening the potential in your business. And so for me, this is just another example of actually how this stuff can really, really work. It works for me every single day. Um, we're just um, in, the, in the, um, the process of actually um, sort of doing some, some partnership work with Ecotricity. I'm sure you've come across Ecotricity. Um, and it was really interesting because um, we were introduced to them by referral. So this was somebody we knew, somebody they knew, thought, oh, you know, you, you guys should really get together and start talking. Very, very first meeting, oh, I've come across you, I've seen your blogs. And then the penny was kind of dropping. And I'm thinking, there it is again. And so this stuff doesn't necessarily require you to have a million followers or to be you know, up there with sort of Kylie Jenner and Kendall Jenner as they publish you know, for £250,000 a, a post on Instagram. You don't have to be playing at that kind of level to make a difference. This is about being really targeted, really focused, figuring out what is important for you to awaken your business and then enabling the process and doing the right things efficiently, not doing everything, very much not doing everything, and we'll talk about that, but focusing on the things that are really going to make a difference for you. So for me, it's literally happening every single day. And it's also happening for Sonia. Sonia, as well as doing the people development and, and mindfulness stuff, actually is a ceramic artist. She produces amazing ceramics. And this is a little screen grab from her Instagram account, which has literally very, very recently grown from pretty much nothing to being actually a channel that recruits for her invitations to very, very high-end shows, places like Blenheim Palace. So, you know, this stuff really works in terms of partnership. It isn't just about, I'm going to use social media and digital marketing to sell. It's about thinking, who do I need to influence? Who do I need to interact with? Who might actually be potential partners for me out there? And then starting to foster and write the right kind of content through the right channels to begin that journey and to begin that opportunity. Now, of course, you could be, anybody recognize any of these brands? Yeah, some ironic looks on faces because you know what's happened to these brands. These are the kinds of brands, very, very sadly, who aren't listening, okay? These are the kinds of brands who aren't taking this stuff seriously. This stuff will fade out. It's just a fad, they've been known to say, okay? Now, I'm guessing that you're in this room because you're thinking there could be something in social media and digital marketing. And now nobody actually put their hand up to say they've really cracked it, which was you know, good in my life because then it's, ah, right, so I hopefully can help you. But these guys didn't even want to get on the bandwagon. These guys did not want to play. Um, Kodak, basically, there was an arrogance. If anybody is from Kodak or any of these brands, I'm not going to unashamedly sort of say that this was not a good performance. It was really a bad performance. Um, they were so arrogant that they didn't think that these things could ever impact on their world. Everybody's always going to want cameras. Of course, they don't. The world had moved on. They weren't listening. Blockbuster, again, a very recent example of an organization who didn't take the internet seriously. It's not going to, it's not going to last. How can it impact on us? You know, people will always want video, Betamax, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Of course, we now stream. So you might think this is really, really obvious, but these are big organizations. Toys R Us, for example, failed terribly at getting this wrong because they put their distribution through, believe it or not, Amazon. And again, for them, the rest is history. Amazon thought, do we actually need Toys R Us in this mix? No, we don't. So steamrolled through them. They weren't taking seriously digital marketing and social media. And I'm sure you know a lot of people who say things like, oh, well, my target audience, my target customer, they're not on social media. The world is on social media. It's not an age thing. If you're there thinking, actually, our customers, they're, they're too old, they wouldn't be using it. 
The statistics and the research would say otherwise. Social media and digital marketing is not for eight-year-olds, okay? It's for eight to 80 and beyond. Every single demographic, every single style and type of customer, male, female, young, old, in the UK, overseas, are using social media. Now, they might not be using the social networks that you're using, but that's something you've got to figure out. But digital is here to stay, and digital can awaken your business. There, I've said it four times. By the end of this evening, you'll know that this is true. So, who are the guys who have actually started to really make this thing happen? Well, at the other end of the spectrum, the other end of the range of organizations who are playing and are also on this journey, these are the big guys who know that digital is the future. Now, I know a lot of you in this room will have tangible product, product that you can see, feel, and touch. There is still a part, a huge part, that digital can play for you. I know some of you will have venues, will have destinations, places that people come and visit. And digital and social media can have a huge part of the story that you tell. This is very much about complementary marketing. This is very much about actually figuring out what is relevant for your target audience and then understanding what is it that they want to hear so that this can supplement and open up opportunities both for getting more of that ideal customer but also more partnerships that are going to really, really drive your business forward. So let's just spend a little bit of uh, time just kind of thinking about what are the current trends, okay? So we've said it's kind of important, and I guess you already knew that because you're sat here. So you must have had some little uh, sort of glimmer of hope that this thing could actually start to work for you. So what is it that's actually happening in there that you need to start thinking about? So these are some of the trends that are actually happening right now. Mobility is a huge one. We need to kind of figure, figure out how we're going to use the fact that the vast majority of data and internet access now is on a screen this size. It's not people looking at their big fat computers when they're at home. They're doing this on the go. So we've got to think about that. It's also about community. Community is critical. 10, 15 years ago, if we were standing here or sat here having this conversation, we wouldn't be talking about community. It was all about one-to-one -one engagement. If you had a great website, you could win. If you had some really good social media um, um, accounts, you could win. And that was all you had to do. Now, as we know, with the advent of things like TripAdvisor, who hasn't used TripAdvisor? Either to research or to post comments about things you liked and didn't like, people and Trustpilot and all of these others similar to it, people are now relying on a more community feel. So if you're not playing in this game, then you're out of that community and you're out of the reckoning when people are looking for services and products like yours. Sustainability and ethics, that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think, and I would predict from watching this over the years, sustainability and ethics has reached a tipping point. And I think now this is going to become, in this year, 2019, I think is going to become one of the key messages and stories that you can tell. How you are sustainable, how you are ethical, how you are authentic and transparent in your communication and actually the processes behind how you do business. That can become part of your story. Yes, you've got products and services you want to tell, but as we'll see a little bit later, those are only a tiny, tiny part of what's really important in this whole mix. And there's another one in there, audio. Really, really important to be thinking about audio. People are now more and more and more realizing the power of podcasts, okay? So I'm actually recording this now because I'm going to be putting this little talk here out as a podcast. Well, why wouldn't I? I'm talking. Hopefully there might be a little snippet of value for, for you and for other people. So I'm capturing this. So as you do your business, think, actually, is there anything in my business that I'm doing that I could translate either with a commentary or some kind of audio narrative that would be of interest to the people I'm trying to communicate with? We'll explore that one. And there's a really interesting one, influencers. Yeah, well, we've seen those, haven't we? These YouTubers, these men and women who are making absolute fortunes for being influencers. Now, you can mock this, 
but this is a massive new industry that even five and six years ago didn't exist. Now, maybe some of you are influencers. Maybe some of you are influencers with a small I in your community. Maybe some of you are influencers on a much bigger scale in the sector in which you operate. There will be influencers who can be really, really helpful and useful in your journey of awakening the potential in your business. So we'll explore how those will work as well. First one then, mobile. The challenge that you've got, there's, there's a, always a yin and a yang with all this stuff. There's an upside and there's a challenge. So, so the, the upside is that you have a channel and route through to your customers 24-7 potentially if you start to think about them, communicating with them through mobile device. Okay, so if you can get yourself out of the mindset that my customer is looking at my website, is looking at my email, is looking at my social media on a big screen, so I've got all this lovely digital real estate to play with, if you get out of that mindset and think about the screen that you've got them to play on as being this big, then you start to stand a chance of pinpointing who they are, but focusing in on the content and the information and the influence that you can have on them in some kind of sort of reasonable manner. Now, the reason I say that is because mobile screens are very, very small. Back in the day, when I started in this whole digital journey, back in the mid-90s, oh my goodness, you could write reams and reams and reams of text and people would read it. It's like, wow, I can see on my screen what somebody the other side of the world published. <gasps> it was so exciting. Now, of course, if you're too young to remember that world when you know, websites were not as great as this because we didn't even have images, it was just text, then you'd be probably thinking, what is he going on about? But the world has evolved into being snapshots of information and content. People do not want to read lengthy pieces, even though you're passionate about what you do and you think, oh, I've got all this stuff to say, I want to be writing loads, I want to be putting all this information out there. They have the attention span of a gnat you have a nanosecond to get their attention, and you have probably a millisecond to actually keep that attention. So mobility has an upside in as much as you, know, you can use that always in the palm of the hand to your advantage, but if you start to think about, I've got a lot of time and I've got a lot of space to be able to communicate, then you've lost already. So that will be definitely one of the things that we're gonna cover in a lot of detail at the workshops, which I will tell you about at the end of the evening. Sustainability and ethics is a massive, massive trend. Now, you know it. You're in Totnes. I know this is a very ethically aware town. I know this whole region is very, very sustainable and ethically aware. Um, we're getting there in Bristol. I don't deny there's a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of people coming out of, say, for instance, London and down from the north into the southwest because this is becoming a real heartland for great practice. So we're in a very, very fortunate position. Um, I'm at an event in, um, in Yorkshire tomorrow, and I bet I'm not going to be saying the same thing actually up there. It's nothing to do with people up north, but it's just I think down here we're very, very advanced. We have got a huge amount of potential for how we communicate, not only in the whole community or the region here, but how we communicate nationally and internationally. There's a lot of really powerful good stuff happening. Now, I'm on a, a project at the moment to redefine the marketing mix. So the old marketing mix, and this is really important for the stuff here this evening, the old marketing mix was product, place, price, promotion. Okay? Those were the things that mattered when you communicated to your customers. Product, place, price, promotion. Now, if you think of those four things, and you think of you know, being on some of your social media right now or sending an email to a customer. Product, okay, but we've already established that they're not listening because there's too much noise going on, so that's passed out. Price, mm, yeah, okay, but I can probably get it cheaper through Amazon anyway, so we'll park that one. Place, yeah, okay, there could be something in that, but we've now got a digital place as much as the... Um, the, the physical place, so you can probably be replicated elsewhere anyway. And promotion. Ah, that's an interesting one. Promotion. 
people don't like to be sold to. When was the last time that you wanted to be cold called? When was the last time you enjoyed having some spam in your email inbox? And yet, we try and do the very same thing to our customers. Oh, but I've got this lovely product or service I want to sell. I want to kind of be pushing this out. And I've got to tell them about what we do. But they don't want to hear. What they want to hear is this new marketing mix. Purpose, people, process, and profit. You've got to make profit, but you've got to make ethical profit. So if you can describe how you're using your investment, how you're reinvesting what you do back into your business, how you have efficient, and I love that word, kind processes, kind to the people in your business, if you have other people working with you, kind to your supply chain, kind to the world around you. So ethically kind, sustainably kind, and efficient, because you've got to make money. You've got to be here tomorrow. This isn't all about love and just giving for the sake of giving. This is business, but ethical, efficient, and kind business. And working with appropriate people. So here comes the community thing. Here comes the partner thing. Here comes the influencers thing. There are a lot of people around your business who can help you to do this. And digital and social media will be able to allow you to tap into that. But here's the big one. Top of the list. It's never existed in the marketing mix until now, and it's coming like a freight train towards us. Highest purpose. If you're not communicating the real reason that you're in business, and I'm talking about the real reason, not the reason to make money, not the reason to have great products and services, but the real reason that you're in business, through all of your social media um, biographies, through your website, homepage, you know, all of these key places, this can be something that is at the heart of everything you communicate. The reason this is so important in 2019 and will become even more important as we go forward is that this is something that's unique to you. Competitors down the road, Amazon, whoever it is in your sector, can all replicate what you do. Now, you might think, yeah, but I'm really good at what I do. And so does every one of your competitors say the same thing. Believe me, I've been there. Believe me, I've got competitors just like that. There are other people who are as good as me at doing what I do. But do they share their highest purpose? Maybe not. Are they working appropriately with the appropriate people in partnership, collaboratively, and collectively? Probably not, because they don't want to give away all their crown jewels of all the lovely things that they can sell. But if you do that, people view you in a very different way. And suddenly, your social media and your digital marketing gets escalated. It gets shared because people then start to value because they see you as the right kind of person to do business with. So then the profit that you're making naturally becomes ethical profit. Little QR code there, Mindful Collective. You might find that quite interesting. It's for another day. But mindfulcollective.net will be uh, the link that you'll get through to there. I keep mentioning this word influences. It is very, very important. This word influences. Now, of course, we see these influences in the media as the people who are doing the makeup. That's the big one, isn't it? Um, people who do product reviews, they do the unboxing of the new product. And yeah, we watch, you know, with bated breath, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? What are they going to like it? Is it worth me buying it? These people are very, very, very influential. And we know they're very influential because they're getting paid up to $250,000 for one Instagram post. If you saw the uh, Fire Festival documentary, I don't know if some of you saw that, um, Kendall Jenner got um, paid $250,000 for one Instagram post. Now, I'm not sure that we're going to, I mean, good luck if you can kind of get to that level. But basically what we're doing here is we're trying to figure out who are the most influential people that we can get hold of, that we can start to court and we can start to engage with, who can help to awaken the potential in our business, who can start to introduce us to people who are going to be relevant for us, who potentially can introduce us to partners, who can start to scale our business. Digital and social media allows you to scale. It allows you to move beyond Totnes High Street and for us, the centre of Bristol. You know, it allows you to operate in as broad or as narrow, as tight or as focused a marketplace as you desire. 
and as of course is it relevant to the products and services that you offer and it influences if you can tap into the right influencers get them on site so they really understand and again comes back to this higher purpose thing again if they can understand really why you're in business not just the products and services that you offer but everything that's at the heart of you and what you do if they can understand your story you stand in a chance of being able to scale your business in the way that maybe you've only to this point been dreaming of so it is about community it is about thinking very very clearly and very very logically about who is it I need to engage with now you may already have quite a clear view of your target customer that ideal customer should they walk in through the door you recognize them and you say oh, there they are we'll see a few examples of that a little bit later it is really important you get to that level of detail but of course with community what you're able to do is to scale that up so you don't just get one of those ideal customers engaging with you you get their friends because of course as human beings typically we associate with people just like us it's just how we're made it's how we're programmed so if you can get one ideal customer to engage with you if they then advocate you and advocacy is a really key uh, key word that we'll hear a little bit um, more later this evening advocacy is your so it's your mantra it's your kind of golden nugget of success in um, social media if you can tap into this person and help them make it very very easy for them to advocate i share the good stuff that you're doing that higher purpose the quality and value of the products and services that you have then what you're starting to do is to tap into their community so you can define the word community in any way shape or form that you see fit for your business but it's really important to remember that the old style of marketing product place price promotion was all about you having a one-to-one -one relationship with your customer it is now so much more complex than that because they're being influenced both by the media, by their friends, their family, their peers, their colleagues, but also the community in which they reside. So if you have a specific type of product or service that you think, you know, actually, I know where this person hangs out digitally and maybe in the real world as well, because of course there will be a crossover here. If you can figure out the communities in which they reside, where they play, where they spend their leisure time, where they actually make their purchase decisions and who's actually influencing those decisions, and if you can tap into that, you stand a chance of engaging with that community. And once you start to see patterns evolving and emerging from the community that you're engaging with, you can start this process of continually improving what you do, fine-tuning those messages, deciding whether it is audio, or whether it's video, or whether it's the written word, whether it's lots more images. These things will start to become very, very clear and will start to come through in the, the listening that you're doing with that target audience. What we're going to do in a little while is we're actually going to play a little game to kind of put some of this stuff into practice, this whole idea of community. Now, one of the things Jane said was um, in the introduction was this whole idea about um, networking. Now, if that word strikes the fear into you that you sort of think oh my gosh network i've got to talk to somebody we're actually going to help you to awaken your business in a very soft in a very gentle very calm although there is a buzzer involved i think jane at some point but we'll cover that in a while um, but in in a way that you can actually then start to kind of figure out this whole journey and this whole process of partners influencers potential customers maybe a community these kind of four big key things for social media what we'll be doing is actually sort of exploring and seeing whether there's anybody else in the room it is a game it's not serious it's not going to be tough or scary or anything like that just a little bit of fun to see if you can meet some people in the room who otherwise you would not have encountered had you not played the game and see whether or not they could add value to your business could they be a partner potentially are they potentially a customer could they be an influencer or could they tap you into a community in which they are already um, engaged or uh, influential so hopefully as a takeaway from this evening you'll kind of start to see this whole process of always being switched on and very aware of the t kinds of people and the types of people who are going to be really important to you in your business so a little bit more of that in a little while 
Okay, so how do you win at this game? Because I've covered in a short period of time a lot of kind of quite strategic big things, big subjects that you think, well, okay, I kind of get influencers, I kind of get that, you know, engaging with people is probably quite important because the clue in the word social is social in social media. So how am I actually going to start to get some gains here? Well, these three things will really start to accelerate if you're on your journey now, they'll start to accelerate it further. And if you're starting this off and you think, well, I've got a couple of social media accounts, but we don't really publish anything on them, but I'd like to start it off. These three things are going to get you started. The reason these three things work are because what they do is they clarify the things that your customer wants. Remember that very first slide where I said, let's get ego out of the, out of the way here. This is not about you. Nobody cares. Of course, they do care, and the, the clue is in the, the, the words at the bottom of the slide here. But the key thing here is you've almost got to get out of the mindset that this is actually about people seeing your products and services. What people are actually going to engage with you for is something that's of value to them. Okay. So every time you look at your shop front, every time you look at your products, every time you think about your services and the way that you engage both digitally and face-to-face, what I'd like you, would like to encourage you to do is actually almost hold a mirror up and look back at yourself. Hear what you say. See how you look. Kind of experience it from their perspective. Because if you do this consistently and really honestly and authentically, you've got to be authentic here, but if you do this really honestly with yourself, it will open up your eyes to actually how really you're coming across. Because a lot of people, when they go through this exercise, like, they, oh, you can sort of see them almost like, oh, no, do I really kind of look and sound like that? It's a bit pushy, isn't it? People don't want that. You, you nodded. A number of you nodded when I said, did you, you know, when was the last time you wanted to be you know, sold to or have those you know, spammy sort of sales calls? We don't want that. And yet we still try and do that to the potential customers that we want. So by taking these three steps... What we're able to do is convert ourselves and our position into a position that's really relevant for those we're trying to communicate with. So the very first thing is to do a short, punchy biography. Okay? People need to know, in a nutshell, really, really short, snappy statement, really punchy, very clear, very authentic, ethical, sustainable, all that kind of stuff, who and what you are. Because they need to make this binary decision. Is this thing worth pursuing? Because as we know, it's on a screen this size. We've got the attention span of a gnat. They've got to see it really quickly. Now, that doesn't necessarily involve just a written word. That can be an image. So think about your profile image for your business or for you. When we start thinking about profile images being short, punchy, and as a, as a bio, biographical picture of you, we often think, oh, well, I'll put my logo up there. So if you're fortunate enough to be in a business that's got a logo, oh, you can kind of hide behind your logo. Now, do remember social media. Where's he going with this? Social. You can't be social with a brand, really. You can't be social with a logo. You can be social with people. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say that if you're using your branding as your social media shop front, you could do more. Is there a person in your business, it could be you, or it could be somebody who works for you or with you, who could be the face of your business, that from a social media perspective could be more relevant to the person that you're trying to engage with? Because let's face it, a short, punchy biography, written words of what you do, it's not really social, and it really is all about you. But as soon as you start to put a face to the brand, a face to your business, a face to that persona, people can start to make humanistic decisions as to whether or not you are relevant for them. There's a lot of research in this. This is not just Neil saying this. There's a lot of research say that people are attracted to faces rather than logos. So you could think about that. Second point, really, really important, this one, your USP, your unique sales proposition. 
Now, the number of times, and it, it makes me smile every time I do this with a client, because the number of times I do this, and I say, okay, so what's your USP? First engagement with the client, I'm in there talking to them, and they're all super proud about all that, well, everything they do. Let me show you a brochure, look, here's our products, and wheel all this stuff out. And I say, okay, but what, that's fine, but what's your USP? Well, we're really professional in our service, we're really good, we're fast customer service, and everybody loves us. And I, no, 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 you're missing the point. That's a sales proposition, but it's not unique. Unique sales proposition. So then they sit there and they think, well, I don't know, we've never really thought about that before. It's kind of a bit of a commodity product. You know, we kind of do what everybody else does, we're, but we're very, very good at the service that we are. And I said, no, 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 no. You've got to come up with something that's unique because I can go next door and get what you're offering. I can go to Amazon and get what you're offering. So this is the challenge that you have, is that people are very skeptical People are very willing to be disloyal and unloyal. Loyalty is a, is a thing that you've really, really got to earn. But if you can't get them through the front door, you're not on the journey at all. So social media, digital marketing requires a unique, emphasis on the word unique, sales proposition. Now, you might be sat there thinking, I have no hope in doing that at all. Because what I provide, I know there's a thousand competitors who do exactly what I do. Mine's good. But if I'm being really honest, it's not unique. But you do have something that's unique. Anybody tell me what that might be? Yourself. Yourself. Absolutely. It is as simple as that. comes back to this word social again. The more you can actually make you or somebody in your business, or maybe a team of you, if you're a larger organization, the face, the voice, and the essence of your business, the more you stand a chance in social media. You've got to personalize and humanize what you do. And the third point, really, really important. Explain very clearly what's in it for them. Now, back in the day, when I started in marketing, and the way I was taught was it's features and benefits. You tell them what you do, and you tell them how it's going to benefit them. <sighs> See me yawn? Everybody's going to yawn about that one, again, because the competition are doing exactly the same. Today's, explain it, what's in it for them, is all about outcomes, okay? And again, this is really, really important for your social media activity. If you can consistently be telling a story that explains the outcome, so, so not the output, not the product, not the service, not the feature, not the benefit, not the output of it, but the outcome, then you start a, stand a chance of actually winning this game. So by outcome, what I mean is how is their world going to be different on the other side of making that decision to either buy your product or service or engage with you? How are you changing their world for the better? How are they going to feel? How is it going to look differently? How are you going to put them in a better position than they were in before they first heard about you? That's what's in it for them. Because remember, your products and services are nothing. They don't care. Nobody cares. It's all about what's in it for them, how you are going to change their world. Hmm. No small task. And the one I always really like, which kind of sort of sums all these three things up, is the big question, can you tell a story without using your products and services? Because let's face it, if we're trying to do marketing, what do we start with? We sort of, oh yeah, but I can do this for you. It's going to make you feel really good because Neil said you've got to talk about outcomes. So it's going to make you feel really good if you buy... Still not hitting the mark. We've got to get tighter and tighter and tighter. We need to be storytelling. We need to be giving examples, case studies. We need to be showing testimonials, showing reviews, actually telling a story about the process, how the product or service was created, some of the ways that it's being used. It's about storytelling. But can you do that without talking about and using your products and services? Hmm. Where's he going with that one? We'll see a little bit later this evening. The reason that we're doing that is because what we're trying to do is to create an emotional reaction. Now, that might sound glaringly obvious. Well, of course we are. We've got to get some kind of reaction. But you would be amazed at the number of people in business who just aim for the logical decision-making process rather than thinking about, actually, how is this making people feel? So the most effective social media is when you're absolutely passionate 
about making people think and feel at the same time. So what you're trying to do is kind of hook into their world, understand what's driving them, understand what kind of you know, pain points they have, what challenges they're facing, so that some of it's in the mind, but some of it's also in the heart. And it's this balance of those two things that can really start to push the relevance of what you do forward. So instantly, you're not talking about products and services here, you're talking about experience. You're talking about engagement, you're talking about relationships and partnerships. You're talking about kind of real things with real people in the real world. Products and services will come. Because once you've done this thing, once you've got a real emotional reaction from this target person that you think, oh, that would be a great customer. Once you've got that, you've got them. You really have got them. And you know this because you've been through this process as well. You know when you, if you go into a shop or you go and buy something sort of specifically and you know you just almost like professionally fall in love with the person who's selling the stuff to you, not in a relationship manner, but just in a, do you know, this person is just so good, I just really buy into the whole concept, oh, this is, and it's a lovely experience, it's a lovely environment. Sorry, what product do you want me to buy? I'll buy anything, here we go. We do this. We're suckers for this stuff. You know, and I, and I okay, I will put my hand up and admit that, yeah, it, it, it gets me as well. As you can see, this is an iPhone. Apple have got me. Yes, I will be one of those people who will go and queue outside. Well, I haven't done it recently, have I, Sonia? I don't actually sleep outside on the pavement, but I have been first in line, actually, once. Way, 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 way back. Um, we fall for this thing. We fall for this whole experience thing. It is so, so important to be thinking about it. What experience are you actually giving over and beyond the product and service that you offer. The only way that we can do this properly, fundamentally properly, is to really be thinking about our customers beyond that word customer. We all use the word customer. Some of us, if we do services, we probably call them clients. Um, but actually, it's the second word on this slide that is really, really critical. It's the word persona. Because what a customer persona does is it brings to life, and I mean properly brings to life, the person who you want to establish a lifelong relationship with, professional relationship, so that they will come back time and time again. For most people, in most businesses, they see a customer, they think of the value that customer's giving them in that initial transaction, it's like, hey, we, we did quite well this week, you know, we've turned over this amount of money, and you know, everything's great. And what they're missing is the fact that actually they have the potential for establishing a lifelong relationship so they can get value in the long term from that initial engagement. And what they're missing is the fact that these are real people. This is Mr. and Mrs. Parker. I guess you know that because you can see it on the slide. But actually behind Mr. and Mrs. Parker is a whole story that if Mr. and Mrs. Parker are your target ideal customer persona, and the reason I'm using it is because with Sonia and her ceramic art, Mr. and Mrs. Parker are like, oh, we see them in the street. We see them at the shows. We see them come into the galleries. Mr. and Mrs. Parker are the target customer persona for a ceramic artist. They've got good disposable income. They love something that's bespoke and handmade and that's something a little bit special that they can share with their friends and like, look what we've bought. You haven't got one of these, have you? So there's a little bit of ego thing going on there, which of course you can play to. But the real beauty of actually thinking about a target customer persona is that you can really get into their heads. Now I've said social media, you can't do social media from your perspective alone. You've got to tap into these people and figure out what is it that turns them on? What is it that's firing them up? What is it they engage with? What are they doing at the weekend? What are their interests? Where do they go on holiday? Where do they shop? What car do they drive? What, what sort of um, things are they sort of passionate about? What kind of charities do they support? All of these things come into this mix of this person. And what that's doing is it's starting to get you thinking about, okay, so if we've got to be talking to emotionally get a reaction from them based on actually what's of interest to them, are there things that we do as a business or that we can offer as a business that maybe, and this is little drip feeding, this is not like big announcements, this is just subtle 
covert stuff, just really subtle stuff, that can feed in to the mix of things that you publish that can make them feel as though you are so aligned with their world, why would they go anywhere else? It's really important to be thinking about your target customer persona. If you have not done this exercise, it's very, very valuable. This one's Sonia's. This one's mine, Ben, who is very, very different. But I love Ben. Why wouldn't I love Ben? He really wants to drive his business forward. He wants all the digital services that you can throw at a, a whatever. This guy needs strategies. He's on the fast track to entrepreneurial success, blah, 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 blah. But if you think about him, and then you think about them, if I've got one flavor of marketing, one flavor of social media, it's all about me. If I can spin what I do, what I say, and how I say it, and the tone of voice, the kinds of images, the kinds of channels that I use, appropriately for, and if you have multiple customer personas, this is obviously really important, if you can spin it to these individuals really appropriately, you then stand a chance of being relevant to them. So, Mr. and Mrs. Parker, very different, obviously, to my friend Ben. So I'm just using these two as examples. You probably will have somebody completely different. But the idea, really, and again, another exercise in the workshops that we'll be going through is kind of defining them intimately. I love this phrase, professional intimacy. That's what we're trying to strive for here. And that's another thing that social media can really enable with you. Because what it allows you to do, once you figure out who these people are, it allows you to be in the right place because they operate in certain communities, in certain times, in certain ways, in a different way to the general population. If you ever hear somebody say, oh, well, my products and services apply to everybody. Coca-Cola, IBM, McDonald's, Apple, some of the biggest brands in the, whole in the whole world on the planet, none of those would say that their products apply to everybody. In here, when was the last time anybody went to McDonald's, for example? Exactly. So, notice there was one in the high street here, and there might be, but I haven't seen it. Um, so, again, these things are really about being very, very specific and very, very targeted. So, if you know your persona, you can be in the right place, both physically but also digitally. You can also be at the right time, because, as we know, publishing content to a mobile device means that you can actually get them at the right time of day. Because with, say, Mr. and Mrs. Parker, they will have a different profile of when they're using social media, their phones, digital, than Ben. Ben, I can profile. I can tell you Ben's daily life, his work-life balance. I can tell you exactly where he is doing, what he's doing. Um, you know, all the statistics that come through from your social media insights and your website will tell you when these people are doing what they're doing, how they're integrating the di whole digital thing into their daily life. So if you tap into that, you can be in the right place at the right time and using the right tools. The beauty of this, and the beauty of taking this approach, is that what it allows you to do is to not have to do every single social network. Because one of the things that you may have already found is the fact that if you start this journey, you think, well, I've got to be, got to be on Facebook, because everybody talks about Facebook. Probably going to have LinkedIn, because I'm a business. Then I'm going to add in Twitter. Don't know how to use that, but we'll add that in anyway. Everybody's talking about Instagram and all the Kardashians and stuff are on Instagram, so we've got to be using that because that must be important. Um, the kids are on Snapchat, then there's Pinterest, then there's... And, and the list goes on and on and on. As we've seen already with these two, are they all using those, all those social media? No, absolutely not. Ben, LinkedIn and Twitter, probably. Mr. and Mrs. Parker, Facebook, definitely, probably Instagram and Pinterest now. So what it allows you to do is to think about on being on the right tools. And if it means that you don't use certain social networks, big thumbs up in my book. Because a lot of this journey is about saying no to stuff. I mean, I could make you the busiest person on the planet. You'd be doing this 24-7. But that's not the right way of doing it. The right way of doing it is figuring out who your persona is, Figuring out how they live their life, what fires them up, what are their challenges, and thinking about how you can dovetail that lovely story in with their world. And by knowing all of that, 
what you're able to do is to begin to plot a journey for them. Because it's all very well saying, okay, well, I've got all these lovely social networks now, and I've got this story that I want to tell, I've got some images, and I've got this biography, and it's really short and punchy, because Neil said that's what we had to do. Now what do I do? Where do I start? What do I actually do with this stuff? Well, the first point is that we think about creating a customer journey. Now, your customers are on a journey with you, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, and whether you're planning it or not. It is just happening, okay? It's a fact of life in business. Your customers go through, much as you have when you've bought a product or service or engaged with a brand or a company, they go through three stages. There's an initial awareness, you hopefully then convert that awareness into a paying customer, and then you try and keep them happy and retain them. So let me just explain this a little bit more. Awareness. There will be certain tools that will be very, very helpful to you, some of them digital and some of them real world, okay, that will help to increase the awareness of your business. So it might be that you go to fairs or festivals or events. You might do shows, you might speak like this, or you might have a stand or a stall. You might do advertising. You might do um, search engine optimization to be really attractive to Google. You might do a whole host of stuff to create initial awareness. Now, a lot of people think, oh, social media would be good for that, be really good for that. It would just make lots of noise, like Neil said he, he does, and, and everybody will become aware. And then you go back and you do a bit more of it and you just keep making lots of people aware. And then you build this huge following. Oh, we've got like thousands of followers. Everybody's aware of us now. I don't know what else we can do. And actually what you're completely and utterly forgetting is to actually convert that awareness into a paying customer. Now you might think, well, obviously, but the number of businesses that I see and have worked with over the years who think that social media is all about making noise and creating awareness, they forget the fact that actually what it's about is creating a relevant awareness with that target persona in mind. So we've got to get lots of those personas and we don't care about the rest of the world. We just want our target personas. And then we take them on a lovely journey, hopefully to build their faith to get their trust such that they then convert. And this, this is basically a journey that you can plot out. It's a bit like a route map, step by step by step. So they're aware of you, okay? They saw your brand, they saw the advert, and then you've given them nothing to do with that. So you sit there waiting for this customer to arrive. They're standing there thinking, well, I don't know what to do next because I've seen your ad, I'm aware of you, but what do you want me to do? And so the relationship fails at that stage. The people who are really making this work, and again, this is where social and digital comes in play, are the ones who have actually plotted the journey. They've made it very, very clear to this potential customer how you move them from that initial point of, hey, I know who you are now, to actually a point of, and now I want to spend money with you. And it is a step-by-step -step process. And you can take them through. Maybe they come onto your social media account. So you signpost them from that advert. Come and see our Facebook page. Engage with us. Follow us on Facebook. And into that Facebook page they come. And they look at that, still at the awareness stage. And they're looking at this and they're thinking, oh, this is quite good. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about this, this organization. Actually, it does seem quite relevant to me. And so they're reading a little bit on. And then you take them off somewhere else, maybe to YouTube, to see your YouTube channel. And they watch a few little videos about how you make your products and services and so the journey's going on they're thinking actually this is quite this is really quite interesting I quite like these people they seem quite relevant to what I'm what I'm looking for and of course you haven't even talked about product at this stage this is all about the journey um, so then you drip feed a little bit about oh and here's some of the products that we've just been developing oh here's our new product or service and then we'll come onto our website and actually have a look in, about this in a little bit more detail so then you can start to choose between product A and product B do you see where I'm going with this? It's, it's a journey, it's a step-by-step -step process. Digitally, it's done by making very, very clear points that you're gonna click on. So calls to action, as we call it. So big fat buttons, it's like click here to go to the next point in the journey. If you haven't plotted out your customer's journey, step-by-step, -step, get the post-its out, get a big flip chart of paper, and just think about how you are bringing your customers to become aware of you, and then think about what it is that you're doing for them, step by step by step, and actually 
put, you know, put that mirror up and actually watch the journey from their perspective. Go onto your website if you have one and think, okay, I'm now in my customer personas, wearing my customer's personas hat. I'm now going to look at this journey. I'm going to follow this journey through. And I'll bet, one, there's a lot more steps than you thought, which can be a good thing, but it's probably overkill. And two, what you'll probably find is that there are little dead-end alleys. There are little bottlenecks, and you think, well, actually, I don't really know what I was asking myself to do at that point. So it's all about clarity to get the person to that conversion point. Once you've converted, so you've got the sale, then the fun starts. Most of the value you're going to get from social media and digital comes at what we call the retention phase. That's about keeping that customer engaged. Now, if, for example, you own a shop, okay, simple example, you own a shop, customer comes in, loves what you do, loves the way that you've um, set your shop out, buys the product, and you say, oh, thank you very much, Mr. or Mrs. Mr. Or Mrs. Parker, possibly, um, and off they go, out the door. Obviously now, as we're talking about this thing about a journey, wasted opportunity. They were aware of you, they saw your shop front, you converted because they had the right product or service available, but how are you gonna retain them? You didn't capture any details. So part of that journey post-conversion is, what are you gonna do with them then? So there's a whole range of stuff you can do. Yes, you can service them digitally, but there might also be other things that you can invite them to. Maybe it's preview evenings, maybe it's you know, special offer VIP stuff, maybe there's some kind of loyalty scheme. There's stuff that you need to be doing to keep them engaged. And that in itself is all part of this journey, step by step by step. So of course, when we start to think about our lovely Mr. and Mrs. Parker, it starts to then filter out some of the steps in the journey that are completely pointless. Would we have LinkedIn, for example, as a social network for Mr. and Mrs. Parker? Probably not. Mr. and Mrs. Parker are probably now retired. They're not looking for their next big job in the, you know, in the city or whatever. So actually, probably LinkedIn is not a thing that they're using actively. But they will be on Facebook, and they will probably be using Instagram, and not amongst a number of other things. So we can instantly then start to put these social networks into particular places and points on the journey so that it's performing a specific function. And then we give those things a job description. So we can say to Facebook, we're not just doing Facebook anymore. We're doing Facebook at the awareness phase to help Mr. and Mrs. Parker convert. And likewise, with um, Instagram there, we're not using Instagram to create awareness with more Mr. and Mrs. Parkers. We're using Instagram to keep existing Mr. and Mrs. Parkers happy and engaged and aware of what we're doing so that when they're ready to repurchase, they come back to us rather than the competition. And the same thing with Ben. Similar kind of thing. So the point really I'm making here is that, you know, different networks, different digital tools, and these are just digital tools. They're just tools. That's all they are. Unless you're going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg and create a new Facebook, these are just tools. They're not the end game in themselves. And once we put these tools in their rightful place to serve your bigger priority, which is actually to create business and to create and choreograph a customer journey, once they're in that place, then they're in their rightful place. They know what they're doing. You can give them a job description. For Ben, LinkedIn is all about LinkedIn, you've got to be performing here. You've got to help this customer convert. Ben, at the retention phase, we're going to use Twitter. So Twitter, this is what your function is. This is your job description. So almost thinking of the, each of these social networks as a member of your team. So if you're a sole practitioner or you work by yourself, sole trader, you've actually got these tools now that you can kind of think of them. Oh, they're actually part of my team. Because, of course, your website is doing your marketing for you 24-7. So when you're sleeping or eating or having a life, your website's still working for you. So think about these things and almost give them a sort of a human perspective and think, these are my friends, these are my tools. And think about the very specific things you want them to achieve in your customer's journey. So instantly that does turn them away from being these great big things that you have to constantly feed into being being things that can actually serve you in a really effective way. Is that making sense? Yeah. Good. 
So, where are we? It's a whole bunch of stuff. Obviously, it's a short period of time. There's a load of stuff I'm sharing with you here. So what I want you to do is kind of really just be thinking about these things. And these are the kind of takeaways from this first sort of section, is that influencers with a big capital I or with a small I, depending on how you're going to define them, are going to be really important for you to scale your business. Communities, you can't do this stuff without thinking about communities. If you're looking to gain real traction in social media, you have to be thinking about the relevant communities. Where are your personas? Where are they playing? Where are they sitting? Where are they residing? What are they doing? What's your USP, your unique selling proposition that you're going to put into these communities, into these personas, help these influencers understand what your USP is? Because to them, that could also be a big value. Because if they can advocate and share the great stuff that you're doing, it makes them look good, makes them feel good, and so the relationship builds. What's in it for them applies to everybody that you're talking about. That applies to your partners, who you're going to be hopefully you know, sort of forging relationships with, the collaborations, the collective um, approach. It's your customers. And interestingly, one of the questions I often get asked about this whole kind of customer thing when we talk about customer personas is, yeah, but if I'm only looking at, say, one or two customer personas, what about the rest of the world? Aren't we going to be sort of switching them off? And actually, generally, what the research shows is that it's not that it's making it irrelevant to them. It's just that it's very clear that it's more relevant for the people you're focusing on. So you're not switching the rest of the world off and saying, you can't come in and buy my services. What you're saying is, actually, it's more relevant for this persona. And on balance, from a profitability perspective, you'll find that that is a far better way of building your business than sitting there hoping that occasional people randomly and generically will come in and actually buy from you. The chances are, whatever sector you're in, this is going to be more profitable for you. And the other thing as well that I would really consciously ask you to do is to think about these customer journeys. If you feel it's a very simple process, be thinking about that retention phase because there are huge gains to be had by really understanding how you're using the concept of customer journey in that whole kind of relationship development perspective.